Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Tune In Media and the Let's Get Real with Ryan podcast. Um, I have a dear friend who I admire a lot. He is a outside-the-box thinker, content creator, genius. Again, nothing but good things to say about this incredible human, Jay Shahan. I'm going to give you guys a quick bio before we kind of ramble and get into our discussion today. But he's been on the faculty for 23 years. He also oversees the production management and stage management areas for the School of Theaters, Television and Film at San Diego State University. Additionally, Jay created and leads the Certificate in Entertainment Management Program for the school. In addition to teaching stage management, production management, and live concert production, Jay also oversees all aspects of production for the eight-show main stage and student production season. Jay is a 30-year member of Actors' Equity, and spent his early career at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego. Jay has also held positions that included the Director of Productions and Operations for the San Diego Symphony, as well as the House of Blues, where he oversaw all operational aspects of the 20,000-seat amphitheater in Chula Vista, California. Uh, Jay currently serves as the Director of Concert Operations for the Retcher entertainment group and independently owned lived uh, live entertainment company that has been producing events internationally since the early 1990s. Uh, Jay is also the owner of his own company, Q1 Productions, whose event list includes the NFL Super Bowl and Major League Baseball's uh, all-star game special events. In addition, Jay produces many nonprofit charity and live concert events in and around the United States. So Jay, wow. You, you oh, do God, you make me exhausted. I know. So, and know what? I might. <laughs> it made me actually get all tongue tied for a minute. But oh, also, man. Yeah, you're. I'm tired already. Yeah, but you're also an author that is working on yeah. your second book, correct? Uh, I'm working on the second edition okay. of the first textbook uh, on production management in the United States. So okay, and what's uh, and then I just wrote a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. What's that book called? Just so I can get the viewers to check it out. Winter Opera Fest. Sure. It's called The Production Manager's Toolkit on Rootledge Press. And uh, currently, just this morning, I submitted a proposal for a second book called The Marketing Manager's Toolkit, uh, also on Rootledge Press. It's going to be about marketing special events and PR and, you know, things that are right in your wheelhouse, right? Wow. That's awesome. Well, I I know you have a lot of passion towards what you do and i know you are very driven so what got you started in you know all this media production everything that you do and everything that you've become what what really started you know jay wow man yeah passion is number is number one i think and i've just always i've always had that for things that i want to do right i, I kind of seek out those kind of things um and then i just go for it 100 percent um, it has to, it has to interest me, you know, a hundred percent. Um, what started me was my mom back in seventh grade, to be honest with you, when she, um, helped me make a prop for a play called, uh, the flowers of Algernon in my junior high. And, uh, I just never really looked back since then. Um, she's always been encouraging and, you know, I did theater in, in junior high and high school and in junior college. Um, I transferred down to San Diego state, uh, continued my theater background through, through their department. Um, and then ultimately got a stage management job. That was my goal. I wanted to be a stage manager, an equity stage manager, which is the union that, that uh, stage managers belong to. And then I thought, you know, my goal um, was to go to New York and, and be a stage manager on Broadway. 
Uh, and I wanted to be there before I was 25 years old. So I set some pretty, pretty high standards for myself. And, um, you know, uh, flash ahead, I, I got there when I was 25 years and three months old. I missed it by three months. But, um, you know, that's what started me. And then I just uh, started making relationships all over the place. And, and you know, your, your path is never linear in life and your career. It always kind of bounces around different places. So um, when I uh, got my, um, you know, when I was done with, with school, uh, while I was in New York, I met a gentleman who was the production stage manager for the Old World Theater here back in San Diego, which was always a goal of mine. I've, I've always wanted to work uh, at the Old Globe Theater. It's amazing. Um, and when we got back to New York, he said, you know, come and interview with me. And this was a guy who came and spoke to my stage management class when I was a student at San Diego State. So when I ran into him in New York, he, and I followed him to his car to figure out how to interview with the guy. And uh, he, he saw me and he's like, you're the dude that followed me to my car. I said, yeah. He goes, well, when we get back to San Diego, uh, come and interview with me. And I was like, oh, my God, I got an interview at the Old Globe. This is going to be a tremendous. I'm getting my break. I'm going to work at the Old Globe Theater. And uh, tell a quick story about this interview. Um, because it'll tie in later, I think. But uh, as a stage manager, I created amazing paperwork, and my palm script was so neat. And that's what I thought a stage manager did, because that was what I did in school, and nobody really corrected me in the other areas. So I go to the interview at the Old Globe. I'm amazed at the, uh, you know, just being on site. And instead of him asking me to see my paperwork, he says to me, tell me what you know about the work that we do here at the Old Globe, and why do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, oh, shoot, man. And all I could get out, my, my, I started sweating because I didn't have an answer. And I said, I know you do Shakespeare. And that's all I could get out, man. And he said, okay, well, guess what? Uh, we're going to terminate this interview. And um, why don't you just, uh, you know, think about it? And I left, man. I left in tears. I thought, that's the biggest fail of my life. Oh, my God. I, I just failed. You know, that was my opportunity. And he must have heard something in my voice when I was apologizing on my way out because the next day he called and he said, let's try it again in two weeks. So back then we didn't have the internet really. I mean, that's how old I am, right? I mean, we had, uh, you know, so, so so I go to the library and I'm looking at, you know, the history of the theater and I was memorizing it and really just like, what do they do? What kind of work that they do? And, and why do I want to be a part of it? I really thought about that question. And two weeks later, I go back and he's asked me the exact same question. And this time I answered with, with passion and gusto. And I, evidently it must have worked because I got my union card and I started working there at, uh, at the Old Globe Theater as a stage manager. And uh, that was awesome, man. That was an awesome part of my career. And um, then what happened, I hope I'm not rambling too much. Brian, no, but, no, no, it's perfect. Um, no, we, this is, cool. and trust me, I'm, you're, you're <laughs> moving mountains in, in my mind because... I think oh, a lot man. of people like to, you know, every and you say the word break, you got that break, and it reminds me of Denzel's yeah. Washington speech when he was at one of the lowest points in his life, and he got that break that he was looking for. So I just no, this is yeah, very moving. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, no, oh, continue thanks, to. Yeah, and, uh, thanks, man. And, and breaks, you know, breaks are. It's not just the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's about these relationships that we have to cultivate over our life. And you've probably heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. And I actually turn that upside down, man. Mm -hmm. It's more about who knows you. You know, it's not about, it's not about who you know. 
It's about who knows you. Because you can know a bunch of people and it won't really matter <laughs> until people know who you are. Yep. Right. So you got to think about that part. Well, I think um, it's that so, pivotal moment, too, where your work is, is you know, you're working so hard and, and you, you're getting this opportunity and it kind of just meets that crossroad because you're about to give up. And it was it was crazy because today I just had somebody come into the, the studio and said my son was so close because his, his, the, the dad who came in was like he was right in that perfect spot where he was about to kind of hit gold, but he gave up because it was, it was his father's company. And he was like he was doing everything and he, he ended up moving and doing something else. But he was like he was right at that sweet spot. And it was, you know, it was, it's just, people need to understand. I know sometimes it looks like it's, you know, you're so far away from something great or from yeah. where you want to go. And really it's not that far, but it's just your right. mind. It's just, I don't know. So no, this has been amazing. Yeah, so keep, yeah. please keep, cool, uh, keep going. Yeah, man. And that, you know, talking about that, you know, what you were just talking about, um, how do you bounce back from that? Right. When you think that you're going to do it and then, all hell breaks loose and things fall apart. And that's about resilience and that's about perseverance, you know? And if you can kind of try to gather that, how do we, how do I do that? How do I keep getting back up when I keep getting knocked down? Um, it's going to, it'll help you immensely throughout your life because there will be knockdowns. I guarantee it. There will be those things that you see as failures and you think, how am I going to get around this? And what you have to understand and learn is that the failure today Right, the thing that we think is the worst thing that ever happened to us, it's gonna, it could be, and ninety-five percent of the time, turns out to be a success for you later in your life, maybe two two years. Right. So, had I not, uh, you know, gone to New York, I wouldn't have met Douglas. I wouldn't have got my job at the Globe, and that was based on on you know, on on a fail, right, mm -hmm. on a failure because I wasn't a great student in school. I have to go back. I wasn't a great student in school, so I was on academic probation. And I got, I got kicked out of school because I got a D in my astronomy class. And during that time that I was out, you know, when I got kicked out and I had to reapply, I said, effort, man, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go to New York with my friend who had a show that he written. And uh, I wasn't stage manager, but I, I was an electrician on it. And while I was back there, because I went back there because of the fail of the class of my school, I met Douglas. I started my career. Do you know what I mean? So and now you you're check out... <laughs> And and okay. not to fast forward for the story for people, but now he's a professor at right. You know, like talk about uh, you know an, an accomplishment in itself. Now he's teaching students. How it's cool! The thing, Ryan. Yeah, right. And, and what's really weird? What's really weird? Is, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I, well, I'll tell you a lot of funny stories. When I was in, when I was a theater student at San Diego State. I was a stage manager. I wasn't a lighting designer. I didn't do well in my lighting class. My professor calls me into, the, into his office. He says, hey, you got to do better or else it's academic probation for you. You know, and he, his compassion wasn't really a thing back then. Uh, you know, <laughs> but um, so I, I didn't listen to him. I didn't do well. I didn't turn in my homework. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a bad grade and academic probation. I sat there. I cried in the office. Another big fail. But the funny thing about it is, Ryan, is that the office that I got kicked out of school in, the professor's office, is now my office. Now, talk about a weird full circle. Full circle. That, that's the office that I sit in, and I've been sitting in for 23 years. And every day that I walk into that office, I remind myself that I got kicked out of school, and now look at where I am. You, don't, wow. you never know, man. It's linear paths. 
it's it's, it's a universal magic that, that's helping. Yeah. Um, and and now when students come into my office with problems, they're not yeah. going to leave in tears. I I, I promise, man. I yeah. I, w- I promise myself when I became a teacher that I wouldn't do to others what was done to me. So, you know, and, and they didn't know any better back then. That was just the way that they were. You know, they're good yeah. people. They were just honest. I'm supposed to grind this kid till yep. he's, you know, and that's just not how I teach. You know? so, 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 anyway, to parlay. Yeah, so, how did you become now a college teacher? How did that kind of <laughs> right? all manifest okay. itself? Yeah, man, this is this is a, a trip. So, I'm doing the old Globe Theater thing. I get uh, uh, they bring in the show from New York which brought their own stage management team. So I got let go for a, a half a season, right? I had to not do anything for uh, the winter season. And they said, we'll come back, you know, in May. And I said, okay, but I needed a job, right? I needed a job. So somebody told me a relationship, um, told me that there was the San Diego symphony was looking for a stage manager. And I'm like, I know nothing about classical music. I don't know anything <laughs> about classical music. Right. But I, I'm like, I'm going to take the risk. You know, because of you know, my favorite quote, Brian, about taking risks. Yep. Um, so I took a chance. I took a risk. I go down there. I'm honest. The guy says, uh, what do you know about stage managing, you know, concerts? I said, I know nothing. But I can stage manage the heck out of an actor mm-hmm. and a play at the Old Globe Theater. And I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just went for it. They hired me. Right? They hired me. So I stage manage. I start my stage management gig. But what would, what happened is the guy that interviewed me, on the first day of my job, he, he, I, I see him and I say hello to him. He hands me his big set of keys and he goes, I just resigned. Uh, you're on your own, so good luck. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And, uh, you know, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> so at that, yeah, so at that moment, um, I became a production manager as well because that's what he did. And the production manager oversaw the renting of the facility, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and renting out to concert promoters. So that's why I kind of got my start in, in the music business yeah. was by renting out Symphony Hall. So um, I was doing that. I was renting out. I met her, met the concert promoter, concert promoter, uh, Bill Silver Presents. I, I go to work for him when the Symphony went bankrupt, um, you know, a couple of years later. So mm-hmm. we all lost our jobs. Mm-hmm. So I needed something again. So I, I go to work with Bill. Bill gives me music experience. And then I'm, I go back to theater. I'm doing... A, a musical called Forever Plaid, which is the longest running musical in San Diego at the time. Wow. And I get this phone call out of the blue from the promoter at Universal Music Group, Universal Studios. And they said, hey, we're coming to San Diego. We're going to build a 20,000 seat amphitheater and you're on the short list to be the operations manager. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't even know what an operations manager did. Mm-hmm. I was a production manager, right? So I, the first thing I said is, Okay, I'm interested, but how short is the list? So I go down there, I interview. They say, what do you know about operations management? I say, I know nothing, but I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I'm a fast learner, mm-hmm. and, and I want the job. And they gave it to me. Wow. So I'm doing that. I, and now my, my, my trajectory is in the music business. I was there. I was at House of Blues bought them, and then mm-hmm. Live Nation. So I was on a trajectory to become a general manager for for the company. When all of a sudden my phone rang, and that you'll hear this again, right? My phone rings. It's my old professor from San Diego State, and he says to me, uh, my scenic design, not the guy that kicked me out. Mm-hmm. He says, "Hey, I'm 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 really interested in having you come to my speak to my stage management class, 
and talk about the differences between stage managing Metallica and stage managing a play. And it'll, it's like an hour class. Would you come down and talk to us? And I was like, uh, okay, you know, just kind of did it. And I, you know, wasn't used to speaking in front of students. So I was nervous. And I go and I do it. And when I left, you know, the kids asked questions. And I was like, oh, that was a little bit fulfilling. And on the way out, the, my professor said, hey, can you also do me a favor and come back and analyze our production department and tell us what we're doing wrong because we're, we're not really cohesive right now. So I did. I told him I needed a production manager. And a year later, Ryan, a year later, my phone rings again. It's him. And he goes, we want you to come in and teach the stage management class and be the production manager for the school, the Department of Theater. And I was like, okay. And he goes, but the problem is it's only a one-year contract. And I go, well, what happens after the year? He goes, well, we don't know yet. Yeah, they want so to probably renegotiate. Just, Maybe. Well, <laughs> if they have the money, if, yeah. they, if they have the money to keep me on. Yeah. And, you know, budgets, who knows what the state system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my choice was give up my career in the music business where I was going to become a general manager and mm -hmm. go on or take a one-year deal at San Diego State. So I went home and I listed the pros and the cons of each. What happens if I stay with with uh, the amphitheater? Mm -hmm. What happens if I become a teacher? Mm -hmm. And what are the cons and what are the what are the pros? And at the end of the day, man, the the the, the um, the list for the school was the bigger one, and yeah. the cons were very small. Yeah. The downfall was was I lose my job after a year. So I'm like, I'll take it. So I, again, I took a mighty chance, man. Mm -hmm. I took a risk, and now there I've been 23 years. You know, wow. Um, they renewed my contract. Yeah. They, and in the over the course of this time, um. Instead of just stage management, now I teach a course in production management, which um, has been fantastic. I created it. A course in the music business, um, the production manager, and I'm, and you know I've been doing a bunch of other things for the for the department for the school uh, of theater, television, and film now, and uh, just been doing it for 23 years. You know, and have taught. I, you know, it's kind of counting up the students who have passed. You know, that I've been responsible for giving a grade for yeah um and it's close it's close to two thousand students wow which is my mind-boggling for me really when i sat down with a calculator i'm like oh my god <laughs> and the best part about it is the relationship part is that i i remember my students mm -hmm. i remember the ones from the first year who now have children mm -hmm. and i'm still in touch with you know and uh i cherish those relationships i, I cherish them and um i'm yeah, glad you... that i yeah i'm glad that i had an impact on them Oh yeah, and I can tell you have a lot of passion for what you do, and and I think that definitely is somebody you know like somebody like yourself gets you know motivated by just those relationships. And so, what do you feel like? Um, you know, the motivation as being. Do you think the big thing behind being a college professor is because of kind of you want to kind of help people, you know, learn what you know, and that passion for that well, as well. Sure. And, and one thing I just want to correct real quick, and I never tell anybody, uh, they have to discover it, yeah. right? And their passion has to be within them. Yeah. I can't really teach passion. No. You know, I can say you need to be, try to find passion, mm -hmm. but I can't teach how to be passionate. I can't teach how to, I can talk about empathy. I can mm -hmm. talk about compassion. I can talk about that. But so, but what motivates me, I think, um, is the success of the students. You know, is watching them succeed and watching them come in and not know a thing. And four years later, they graduate and then they get a job and become a union stage manager or go to Broadway or become a TV producer. And that is what I what continues to motivate me because yeah. I love seeing 
that. And I get passionate when I see the success of the students because that's what my job is, is to try to open doors for them, you know, and, and and I know a lot of people in town. Well, yeah. Well, Jay, you're very connected. Show. You're very connected, and you're very wise, and you you know a lot of the industry in and out. So, when it comes to that, um, if I may ask, um, what like, what do you see? Do you see a lot of mentorship, and do you see a lot of um, like a lot of mentors in the um, entertainment industry? Like, do you feel like you know? Obviously, I know a big thing that's important to you is mentorship. And that's why you right, became, right. you know, professor. And and um, is there anything that you feel like you would like to say, or th- or do you think there's programs out there that, um, or if there's enough programs out there that help, um, you know, mentor these young young go getters that want to go sure. after it? Yeah, man. Um, first off, you have to want to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. You can't, uh, you know, you can't force somebody to teach somebody if they mm-hmm. don't want to. And a lot of people don't want to. You know, they think that sharing knowledge, you know, is a power thing. And if I share knowledge with this person, are they going to use it to come and get me, get my job, right? So there's a lot of that or people are just, they just aren't interested in teaching, which is fine. That's fine, right? Um, and then there are people that really enjoy it and are passionate about sharing and, and follow the, the quote that a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Right. And that's the thing that I, I, I kind of drive my life on. Yeah. I belong to an organization called the United States Institute for Theater Technology, USITT. Mm-hmm. And that's where so many of my, it's a nationwide uh, institution. And all is that, is that the contacts, award that you won for, yeah, for 2020? Yeah, I won a, yeah, I won a uh, well, I received, yes. I like to say one. Uh, I received an, a national award for, for outstanding mentorship in the nation. Wow! Uh, from this organization, yeah, so that's that incredible. Quite a quite an honor for my peers. Um, but they have a program called the Stage Management Mentoring Project, and I've been a mentor within that project. And that that's twelve of us from around the country that mentor twelve students that get chosen out of three hundred that apply and come and spend a week with us. And I think that program is amazing. But the relationships that you make at USITT when you're there at the conference is, you know, are lifelong. Yeah. And if you, as a student, meet somebody, and when they say, I'd love, hey, here's my email address, here's my phone, call me, that they, they actually do, and they want to, they're serious about it, and the mentors want to serve mentees. And yeah. I think that organization for that is, is fantastic. Um, but, yeah, there, there are mentors all over the place, you know. They just have to want to do it. And I think that... Um, Mentorship for me is mm-hmm. not about mentorship for a semester while you're in my classes. Yeah, my mentorship definition is for is for life, right? That's why my students from my first year still call me and say, "Hey, what, what do you think of this?" Yeah, right, because I told them that to stay in touch. You know, yeah. this is this is not for a semester. Well, and so there's probably um, some that are have made it very, very, very successful in production and they're still probably maybe ringing your phone or maybe you guys go back and forth on things that are, um, evolutionizing the, the, um, art of production, which is always fun to see, you know, probably from your side of it to to see the growth between how long you've been in it, you know, since, you know, now all the new technology and all the new ways to produce things, which is probably incredible for you to be able to see that. From the sidelines, yeah, it sure involved. is. Yeah, it sure is, man. It sure is, Ryan. Um, one of the things, you know, the other thing that I, I think makes me successful is that I never think I'm the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. 
I surround myself with people who are smarter than me, mm-hmm. and I listen to not I take knowledge from others as much as I want to give it. So yeah. now my students are my mentors, mm-hmm. right? They're 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 doing things, and they're you know on Broadway, and they're talking about you know how things are working, and I I learn from them. Yeah, always a teacher, always a student is one of my sayings. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, yeah. So it's fantastic, I think, and and I'm surrounded by really smart people and I, I really dig my students and I'm so proud of all of them as I go out and, and again, not every one of them goes out to be uh, a theater person. Mm-hmm. I have theater state planning. Some come in and they become a real estate agent like mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Some, some come in and they end up going into the business world Yeah. or they do something else, you know, and, but they still, they still contact me and said, what I learned in your classes about life skills, I still use to this day. And I'm so honored to get those kind of notes from students. Um, you know, it just, it, it makes me, it makes my heart warm. Yeah. To get those kind of notes from students. You know. No, and I love what you sent me as well. Um, the taking chances, risks and calculated risks. I just, yeah. it's so important for people to do that because yeah. <laughs> if you don't, I'll tell you, I'll just, tell you Ryan. Sorry, I don't mean that. No, right. no, no, go, go, go. I was going to say that, uh, you know, when I was younger, I took, the, the non-calculated risks. Mm-hmm. I And I've learned about calculated risks as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just took whatever I, you know, you heard my story. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, and now what I want to do with my students is say, say yes a lot. Yeah. But if it's going to, you know, if it's going to, you think it's going to uh, negatively affect you if you're going to lose a job over it or if you can't do it financially or you can't just move with $12 in your pocket. You know, I get that. You can't just go to New York with, with nothing. Like, I get it. So I, I, that's a more calculated risk, right? Just think about it a little bit more as opposed to just going, you know. Yeah. But I have students that just go, too, and they don't, they don't, they don't listen to the calculated part. Well, and I go, okay, cool. You know, and I support them you know, <laughs> just as well because I see them in me, right? I see, yeah. I see that in, in, you know, I see them. Uh, or me and them, you know, so I, I kind of support that as well. No, well, I tell even my real estate colleagues, because the, the reason why my real estate business kind of blew up was because I was door knocking approximately 20,000 doors a year. And I, oh, my big whole thing is just show up. You don't know what's yeah, going to happen if you up. never show up. And I think that's the biggest yeah. thing that I really want to encourage even on this incredible uh, podcast with you. It just, again, just showing up, being present, yeah being eager to learn like what I've heard, which is amazing. And thank you for being vulnerable with me and telling us your success and your failures, because, you know, they look at your resume and they think, okay, this is just a a winner all the way. You know, he hasn't had one, he hasn't tripped once in his life, but in reality it's, you know, no, it's those failures and it's those times where, you know, you, 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 you messed up on an interview that you thought was the lifetime interview that anybody could wish for. And then it's like, and I just think it's, it's beautiful to, again, hear these incredible stories. And, and again, we're all just humans and we're all just trying to figure it out. And, you know, even launching, um, my media company last year in the middle of the year, you know, um, was something that I was really scared about because again, I don't know a lot about this world, but I know that I believe it's the future and content is going to continue to be, um, something that people are going to need. And it's going to be something that will help so many charities that we're focused on and different things. And again, I love Jay that you're so involved with charities and helping oh, people yeah. and your, your mission and your legacy. It just, it, um, goes beyond, um, you know, 
just you know being a professor being an inner you know in all the production stuff it just again you as an individual the impact that you want to leave on the world is just again i feel honored to be on this call with you and again um, able to do this and i'm honored to be with you too ryan and i like from the first time that we met um you know i can sum up people you know pretty quickly now as far as um, you know i can i just feel i'm i have empathy and i can feel people quickly so i did did that with you and I'm, oh yeah I'm i was actually to, um, i was la- I, i'm gonna tell everybody real quick and sorry to interrupt okay. but i was late i was late 10 minutes and i was i was dying for this call i was actually running to my car because i was worried that my laptop would break and then i had technical errors going on on top of that so i was almost 10 15 minutes maybe even pushing 20 late for this yeah. very important call that i wanted to make sure and jay literally and it's going to be awesome because i know i'm going to tell this story and you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And this will be a story that I'll be able to keep for the rest of my life. Just like Jay just expressed with us, you know, I just, again, um, but it's people like Jay, it's people in the world that are like, you know, that love the empathy and love being, uh, you know, more compassionate because I just, again, like you said, Jay, I think the world is, you know, back then it was so much more, you know, um, you know, it's just a tougher world. Um, yeah, yeah, and I sure, feel like, sure. you know, now that, you know, again, knowing that you're a professor and that you're really wanting your students to, to learn and, and learn more about life and, and what you've gone through and you even, I think, give them some, some mental health days, which I think is so, yeah, absolutely, so absolutely, important absolutely. because we yeah, need to yeah. focus on, you know, mental health issues, which again, I know that's what we connected on in our first call, which again, yeah, yeah. really made well, the it, relationship it was, stronger. Yeah. And what was funny, Ryan, was go back to your story about you being 15, 20 minutes late is that what happened? I texted him and he didn't, re- Ryan didn't reply to my text. Like, are you, don't we have a meeting at four? And then I called Ryan. I'm like, Ryan, don't we have a meeting at four? And you're like, Oh my God, geez. you know, and you, were, you got into a little state of panic. Yep. Because you were you felt bad, you genuinely felt bad, and then your your phone had to do an update, so that took it even longer, and then you finally get online, and I go, okay, Ryan, it's poor form to invite somebody to a meeting and then be late for it, right? So there's learning lesson number one. Yep. And then the second one that I said to you was, there's two ways that we can go forward with this. One is that I'm going to be really upset at you because you just wasted 20 minutes of my life. Mm-hmm. Or the second one is going to be, I'm going to be grateful to you because you just gave me 20 minutes of my life because I've been sitting at my desk, taking deep breaths and yep. not doing anything except waiting. So I'm going to take the gratitude route, right? And I'm going to not hold on to that energy that you just wasted my time. I'm going to be grateful that I had time to myself and thank you. And then we started the interview. Yeah. And I think that was what... Um, I think which, that's what connected us. You which, know what I mean? which to this day was probably one of the most moving interviews I've ever had with any individual oh. in my life. Honestly, I've Jay. Jay is um, just again when you meet him in person, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you meet him <laughs> through this podcast or you, you're listening to his you voice, to, you guys need to edit, edit out some of these. Oh, I, oh <laughs> you're, you're doing it so much, man. I appreciate you. I really do. No, really seriously. Do. Um, I'll I'll tell Jay, my other Jay that I have is my uh, per, uh, my editor. <laughs> I'll let him definitely uh-huh. work through all of it. But no, I I uh, again I again it goes um it it, go, it comes quite to the tongue. You know, it's it's easy to say, Jay, because again I. I do appreciate it, and I 
appreciate yeah, you being able to, you know, talk to me, talk to people that I know yeah. that are going to listen yeah. to this and are in a place maybe that they don't feel accomplished or they feel a little lost yeah. and um, a little confused, yeah. a little depressed, a little yeah. anxiety, a little something yeah. that, you know, hopefully everybody's, you know, obviously having a great day and making the best out of this yeah. Friday. But, you know, again, I know there's, it's a very weird time in the world and I just want to continue yeah. to use the time and energy and even with this media company, my, my big mission. And again, thank you for even reminding me because, um, you know, Jay was helping me with, you know, you know, my, the mission statement because it's so important to have, you know, yeah. a mission statement and what do, you know, what do you want to do, you know, with yeah, your, your life purpose, and what's your right? purpose what's and your legacy. Purpose? So. What's your purpose here? Yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, to remind your listeners, man, who are, who are not having a great day, yeah. you're not alone. You are not alone. And that um, I, there are plenty of not great days that I've had. And, the, you know, I, the mental health part of it, right? I mm-hmm. have had, um, you know, challenges uh, since I was in school mm-hmm. with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, well, how in the world has this guy been so successful with anxiety and depression? And it's like, you know what? I just, I have to live with it. I have to, it's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can take meds for it and, and go to counseling and, and all that. But to accept who I am, as a human being mm-hmm. and just work with it, you know, just work yeah. with it. And and now I'm, I'm much better because of yeah. mental health days and the mental health days that I do with my students mm-hmm. three times a semester, because I can see that they're hurting and I can see mm-hmm. it, you know, on the first day of class. And what I do, when I say we're going to take three mental health days and they're all scheduled, they're not just when they want to. And what we're going to do on mental health days, we're not going to come to school, but to, to my class, we're going to take that hour and a half. And instead of doing school, we're going to do something for ourselves. And if it's something that you want to do creatively, do you want to play the guitar? Do you want to write? Do you want to bake cookies? Do you want to call your parents? Yeah. The only two rules are you cannot do homework for other other classes and you can't sleep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now go do something for yourself. And now to hold them accountable, I have them write me a paragraph about what they did for a mental mm-hmm. health day and how did they feel at the end of the day. And the responses have been overwhelmingly positive about yeah. how much they needed it and how much they're disappointed that none of their other professors allow, you know, have thought about this and allow them to take a mental health day. And the learning lesson, besides just you know, doing something for yourself creatively so that you feel a little better, the learning lesson is that you can do it if you want to. You can schedule an hour for yourself to take your own mental health day. You don't need me to assign it to you. You just have to say to yourself, I don't need to grind 24-7. I don't need to study for this class right now. And just take a minute. Just take an hour. Yeah. for yourself and recharge yourself. And oh, yeah. that's what, you know, hit the, hit the reset button. And a lot that's of people, what I want them to learn. A lot of people don't know this, but I, I, I do yoga classes and it has changed oh, my life. It, it is so peaceful. It is so uh, vital now to my, to my living. Like I just, I, I love it. It's so important to yeah. me and it's so, it, it puts you at peace and it, it lets you, because I think our minds in today's world just run so fast and rapid. You got all this technology, you got Absolutely. all these things that are tapping into you. You know, I could get, you know, bugged by a person in front of me, a, by my phone, my, my, my Apple watch, my, you know, my computer, you got all these things moving yeah. and we're, we're so yeah. all functional and, and, um, shouldn't say the way it's the word groomed, but it's just in our nature. Now we're so yeah. fast paced that, absolutely. you know, we don't really absolutely. just sit there and go, you know, it, it almost feels like if we're not doing something, at least for me, 
you know, I'll speak for myself, but you know, it feels like if I don't do something for 30 minutes, I'm like, Oh wow. I'm really failing You're in life. Productive. You know, it's like, Oh, right. you know, yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, like <laughs> that's what you got to get around. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's the whole, that's the challenge Yeah, is to get around that, you know, mm-hmm. and to say, I'm doing something for myself, which is going to make me be better at the rest of the stuff that I do. Well, yeah. You and, know, and it's, it's just so taking the yoga mm-hmm. is absolutely, you know, meditating, doing some breathing exercises. And I have to be honest with you. I didn't do this when I was younger. Yeah. I did not do this. Mm-hmm. And nobody told me to. Yeah. <laughs> nobody was like, hey, take an hour for yourself. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, what back then it was just myself? work, 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 right? Like there was yeah, no, yeah. there was no real talks of anxiety, panic attack. Like there was no, no real talk, no. you know, I was, no. I've talked to my nobody older mentors and they, you know, this whole, you know, to them, this whole generation of anxiety to print, you know, like these things weren't really, yeah. you know, a thing, no, I you guess, you know, you yeah. weren't discussed because if, if you did, Ryan, if you yeah. talked about it, there was a stigma attached to it yeah. that you're, that you're crazy. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah. You're you know, just nuts. And, and that you wouldn't want to share with anybody. So you yeah. kept it in yourself and just yeah. thought that, oh, I'm a loser because I want to sleep all day. Yeah. You know? And, and people didn't really look so into it. Like, no. Wow. So much later in my life. Well, and it's crazy. That I discovered that. Because I, I, some of my mentors, they'll go on vacations and I guess, you know, I'll talk to their wives, I'll talk to their family members and they go, yeah, all he does is work or, you know, all she does is work, you know, we, we, you know, and, and on the vacation. And so I'm really trying to yeah, make yeah. sure I train my mind better to, to take these days and, and just be able to separate, you know, things well, too uh, better. So Ryan, I'll, I'll tell you what you got to do. Okay. Here's the, se- here's the secret to that, to be okay. successful on that. Turn your phone off, mm-hmm. close the lid on your computer. And anything else that's a distraction to you, just put it away for, for do it for a half hour. Mm-hmm. Do it for 15 minutes first. Mm-hmm. Work your way up to it. You don't have to be successful and do it for an hour. Mm-hmm. You can do it for 15 minutes yeah. and then a half hour, yeah. you know, after you're successful and then 45 minutes and then an hour. But you got to help yourself by putting that stuff away mm-hmm. because it will not stop. The, the ringer will ring, the text will text, mm-hmm. and the emails will come in and they'll make a sound on your phone. So it, it's all that that those distractions that cause us to not be successful mm-hmm. at turning our minds off, in yeah. my opinion. It's no, no, it's mind. so true, and it's such a good, um, you know. It's hard, though. Like, acknowledge that this is going to be really difficult for me to turn my phone off. Yeah. And be like, oh, okay, I'm okay with that. Well, like, yeah, because be okay with in it. my mind, I think, oh, I'm going to miss something huge. <laughs> They'll leave a voicemail. Yep. They're gonna, what if you were on the phone? What if you were in the studio yep. and they didn't get through to you? You don't answer your phone during a podcast. Yep. You're We've right. been talking for 45 minutes. Yep. I'm sure you didn't You didn't answer your phone now. No, you're right. right? No, so, I, yeah. I'm already doing, I'm already doing better than I thought I would. <laughs> Man, if it's important <laughs> enough, they'll leave a voicemail. Yep. Now, when, when the phone rings, you can you miss a call. You can call somebody back when you're done. But you shouldn't expect people shouldn't expect, uh, you know. And this is part of the problem that we're instantaneous response. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get back to you within the hour, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. And that's not true, man. Yeah. You, you should you should you know draw parameters about. I get I'll, I'll get back to you within you know and set these up for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'll get back within a 24 hour period. Yeah. If it's urgent, 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 then call. Then we call each other, right? That's yeah. the faster way of communicating. But you know, answering an email, um, you know, you got to have some time. You know, yeah. you can't be sitting in front of your computer all the time. You're driving. I yeah. mean, you drive for an hour. What happens? You know, you're not answering emails. I'm hoping you're not texting while you're nope. driving. Yeah. But th- there's another case where I'm I'm not answering stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So you you can do it. You can do it. Well, I I really appreciate you, Jay. Jay, just to. Um, finish this conversation how do people yeah, sure. 
get a hold of you or or get sure. your book or do you know sure. kind of follow follow you because i you oh, know if sure. i yeah I, that's what i'd be doing so how can they get a hold of you how can they find uh, you well i'm on linkedin okay um which is which is you know j sheehan j a y s h e e h a n uh just you know hook up with me and tell me that you heard the podcast and i'll be happy to chat with you um, my email address, I'm happy to give out, okay. is J-A-Y-J at Q1 Productions. And it's spelled out C-U-E-O-N-E, productions, with an S dot com. And uh, there you have it. You can get in touch with me. So, Perfect. Well, um, I'm ha- happy to do that, yeah. Well, I, I again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for um, welcome, sharing your story. I just, yeah. again, every time I talk to you, Jay, I feel more at peace and I feel... Um, you know, so many people are needing your, your story out there. And, um, oh, so I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, and, you. I appreciate you too, man. And, and you guys go out there and take chances, take risks. Don't be afraid to fail because it could lead to your success. So go out and do it. And Jay in the booth, thank you for your, uh, for your technical wizardry there. my friend. Yes, right. yes, he's shaking his head. So, cool. <laughs> thanks cool. so much. No I, I'll talk to you All later, right. Jay. Have an awesome day right. and Take have care, a everybody. great weekend. Bye. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity, Ryan. Oh, anytime. Thank you for your wisdom and right. thanks for everything. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.